Hello, everyone, and welcome to our Employment Law Year in Review Regional Roundtable Series, brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm your host, Philippe Durand, partner with Auguste de Bouzy in France. Each year, we kick off our program with a special series of Year in Review programs, broken down by region, and focusing on the most impactful regulations of the past year as well as forecasting on important topics that will impact employers in the coming year, that is to say 2024. Today, we shall be connected with our member law firms in the what we usually call Nordics, that is to say Finland, Denmark, Sweden, and Norwegian. And for that purpose, joining us, we have today four ELA members, lawyers, representing loose law firms, that is to say respectively Sana Honkinen, Sana is counsel at Kastren and Selman in Finland. We also have Camilla Kukulitsa. Camilla is an attorney at Plesna in uh, Copenhagen in Denmark. Also on the program, Simon Söderholm. Simon is a counsel at Linger in Sweden. And finally, Eldrin Husby Gemersrud. Eldrin is a senior lawyer at Selmer in Norway. We usually cover this program with a specific question we're going to cover. And of course, we have a lot on the program. So let's get started today now, because we have four jurisdictions on the line. And I would like to turn to you, Eldred, uh, immediately. As far as your jurisdiction is concerned, that is to say Norway, what would you say were the most significant legal changes in 2023 that impacted employers in your jurisdiction in Norway? So in Norway, I think maybe the most a significant change that we had was very strict limitations on hiring from temporary work agencies, which was a new regulation that entered into force in April, according to which it's no longer possible to use temporary work agencies uh, when the work is of a temporary character, which previously was the most common ground for hire. So now it's uh, very strict exceptions for which it's allowed to hire in, and that will be mainly when there's a substitute for another employee or if there's grounds in collective bargaining agreements. And there's also some other exceptions, for instance, in the health sector and for specialists working in limited projects. And these new rules have been challenged by the temporary work agencies before the courts and the EFTA Surveillance Authority, ESA, opened a case against Norway due to this new regulation. So the Norwegian courts has asked the EFTA court for an advisory opinion. So we're awaiting further development for that matter. Very good. So that's certainly a restriction to be aware of, but particularly, of course, if you do business in Norway. Camilla, turning to you now for Denmark, same question. What would you say to that? Thank you, Philip. What comes to mind is the abolishment of the Great Prayer Day as a national holiday in Denmark. This is a bill for which the Danish government received quite a bit of criticism both by the labor market parties and by the employees on the Danish labor market. Essentially, the government proposed a bill to abolish one of the 11 national holidays in Denmark, the day formerly known as the Great Prayer Day. The act was adopted in February, and it came into effect on 1st of January 2024, so in this month. And the abolishment of the Great Prayer Day entails that the employer is now obligated by law to pay out a statutory salary supplement as a compensation for the increase in their employees' working hours, provided, of course, that the employees have, in fact, experienced an increase in working hours as a result of the abolishment of the Great Prayer Day 
So employers in Denmark have spent the last part of 2023 preparing for this act, as there are several factors to consider. Firstly, the employers needed to determine which employees actually experience an increase in working hours as a result of the abolishment of the Great Prayer Day. And then the employers also had to decide how they will pay out the statutory salary supplement, as there are different payment models proposed in the legislation. In addition to this, the employees who are affected by the Act have a right to be informed about their new salary and their new employment conditions. This can be done by concluding an addendum to the employment agreements by email or similar. But this has also been an assignment for the employers in Denmark. So basically, this has taken up a lot of time in 2023, and we expect that it will also take a lot of time in 2024, as there are still certain questions left to answer with respect to the new act. Camilla, we also have 11 days of bank holidays, you would call them in France. And I can imagine how disturbing and disrupting it would be <laughs> to tell to the labor market that we are going to cancel and retrieve, withdraw a bank holiday. So big challenge. And we do understand that the whole thing is not completely over, as you just said. Turning now to Finland, even though in Finland you did not record any major changes, but there are still a few things you may want to share with us, Sana, particularly, I think, on redundancies. Is that right? Yes, thank you, Philip. So overall, I would say that in 2023, the economic situation for many employers in Finland was difficult, especially in the construction sector. We saw many redundancies. Expect that many employers will face challenging times also in 2024. In this respect, it's good to note that in 2023, Finland introduced a new support program for employees who are aged 55 and over and who are made redundant. So employers need to be aware of this and remember that at the time of redundancies, any employees that are aged 55 and over need to be informed of their right to this additional support program and inform them that they are entitled to seek for additional allowance. So my recommendation would be that employers need to ensure that the redundancy documents and practices are up to date. That's very interesting because somehow this kind of protection you're talking about does go to a key issue we face in many countries, including France, which is keeping employees beyond the age of 50, 55 on the labor market. That's a big challenge. Finally, Simon, turning now to you with Sweden, what would you say about significant changes you would have witnessed in 2023 in your own jurisdiction? Well, Sweden did recently actually see quite a significant change of the Employment Protection Act. And the purpose of that change was to relax the rules regarding termination for misconduct. So prior to the change, it was really difficult to terminate for misconduct. A termination for misconduct was only legal if a court found it to be reasonable. The problem is that different judges have different ideas of what is reasonable. So as a result of that, we had a lot of different case law precedents that were inconsistent and even contradicting. So this meant in practice that for companies, it was almost impossible to predict whether their termination would be lawful or not. And the new law aims to put an end to this. So from now on, it should no longer matter whether the dismissal is reasonable to the employee the only thing that matters is whether the employee has, in fact, committed an act of misconduct. And if this is the case, 
determination is lawful. While the change already came into effect in the end of 2022, it is only now that we start seeing the first new case law precedents emerge in the Supreme Labour Court of Sweden. So for 2024, we definitely expect a number of new case law precedents, which will give us a lot more clarity as to in what cases a termination for misconduct is lawful or not. So my strong recommendation is for all companies and employers to watch the outcome of new case law precedents from the labor court. Good tip. Good tip. Thank you, Simon. And also... From my own point of view, I also see that as good news because it's more legal security for employers, obviously, in Sweden when it comes to terminating people for that specific ground for misconduct. Now, turning to a second question I would like to ask you all, and we're going to start with Eldred in Norway. Eldred, what are your predictions for next year, that is to say 2024? Can you think of any employment law updates or any changes that we can anticipate that would have the biggest impact on human resources in Norway? Yes, yeah, so new rules entered into force on 1st of January 2024, providing further rights for employees in group companies in case of workforce reductions. So based on these new rules, redundant employees has to be considered for other vacant positions within the group, and they also have a preferential right for new employment within the group, which the employees qualified for after termination. So it will be very important for companies in case of workforce reductions in group companies to include in the notice letter which companies within the group uh, at the time of termination. And not mentioning this will affect the validity of notice of termination. And it's also very important to make the assessments regarding whether you have vacant work within the group. There's also new rules further clarifying the definition of employee in the Norwegian Working Environment Act to ensure the right classification as an employee or independent contractor. The legal content is the same as before. However, there's a new rule that it will be assumed to be an employment relationship unless you can document that you have actually engaged an independent contractor. So there's a higher burden of proof. And a major change that is coming in July, or major, I'm not sure, but uh, at least something to, to be aware of is that there will be new requirements to the content of employment agreements. And it's based on the EU-EEA Directive on Transparent and Predictable Working Conditions, which has been implemented in Norway now, as we're not part of the EU directly. It takes a little bit longer. So there are several other topics that has to be included in the employment agreement following these changes. And it's very important for employers to include in the agreement what are individual rights and what are company schemes which the company may amend without the consent of the employee. Well, that's very good to know. So three main areas, terms and conditions of the contract you just talked about. But I would like to comment on the very first topic. What is fascinating when I moderate these podcasts is that I see similarities with French law. We've had these two requirements to try to relocate the employee before making him or her redundant for a long time. And as well, the right priorité de rembauchage, the right for the employee to come back if a new job would be available that would fit his or her qualifications. That's very fascinating, very interesting. Turning to you now, uh, Camilla and Denmark, what would you anticipate in your country for 2024? What would you say to our listeners today? Well, actually, just today, the Danish government adopted a new bill on the registration of the employee's daily working time. It was introduced in 2023, and it will have an effective date of 
1st of July 2024. But just today, actually very shortly before we started recording this podcast, the bill was finally adopted. The bill implements the legal position set out by the European Court of Justice on the case law on the EU Working Time Directive, such as the Deutsche Bank case, which many people are probably familiar with. And the Act introduces a new obligation for Danish employers to implement a working time registration system in order to measure each employee's daily working time. I don't know if you guys have something similar in your countries. You probably do. And as you probably know, this system must be objective, reliable, and accessible for the employee. But this is a very new requirement in Denmark. So we would expect that this requirement will entail both administrative as well as economic concerns for many employers in Denmark. And now they have until 1st of July 2024 to implement the working time registration system. Fortunately, there is a freedom of method in the new act. So for many employers who already have some sort of registration system, they can continue with that system as long as it is accessible to the employees and reliable as well as objective. Very good. Well, to your point, you were asking me the question, Camilla. Yes, we do have re- registration of working time requirements in place. But the other day I was in line with Joanna, our uh, member rep- representative for Greece, and they do have a digital system recording with a card there that is being put in place in 2024. So that's something we see all across Europe based on that directive, of course. Turning to Finland, Sana, what would be your uh, predictions when you look at the next year? Well, for 2024, we are expecting a lot of turbulence for the Finnish labor market. The Finnish government changed in 2023, and the new government announced plans to implement significant labor market reforms. These changes would include, for example, measures that would limit industrial actions, as well as measures that would make it easier for the employer to dismiss an employee for reasons related to the employee. There would be also other changes, such as allowing fixed-term employment agreements for up to one year without special reasons. Now, trade unions in Finland have strongly criticized the government's program, saying that it's imbalanced and that the planned changes would reduce the employee's rights more than the employer's. Widespread industrial action and Different protests against the government's labor market reforms are expected and already announced for February by many trade unions. For example, just today, it was announced that all the public daycare centers for small children will be closed for two days next week. So this is currently a daily topic in the Finnish news. And I would assume that we have only seen the beginning of the protests. So some new laws to be expected, obviously more employer-friendly, as you said, and maybe some potential disruptions as well to be expected along these new uh, reforms. That's good to know, Sana. And for that question, for the last jurisdiction, Simon, for Sweden, what would you say? What do you see when you look at the future and the far skies for uh, your jurisdiction in 2024? Recently, the Swedish news outlet Aftonbladet conducted an undercover investigation of the office premises of the Swedish parliament. And what it found in this investigation was that in almost 80% of all the office facilities of the parliament, there were traces of drugs. So 
quite clearly employees of the Swedish parliament, likely even politicians, had been using drugs in the workplace. So this finding sparked a strong controversy in Sweden about whether employers should be required to introduce drug tests for its workers. Currently, the law only allows companies to test its workers for drugs for safety reasons. So, for example, this would be the case in a factory environment where workers operate heavy machinery or in the transport industry where workers drive vehicles. Now, after this investigation, many people in Sweden are calling for a change. They are calling for drug tests to be introduced also in office environments to make sure on a large scale that workers do not engage in the use of drugs in the workplace in, for example, sensitive areas of, of society. So for 2024, we do expect a change in this area of the law. And we recommend our clients to review their existing anti-drugs policies to make sure that they are well prepared for any upcoming changes in the legislation in this area. What I find very interesting and unique in this podcast is that we don't only talk about law, but we also talk about politics and the social climate with Finland. Just a few seconds ago, with you, Simon, with Sweden, these drug tests are a problem everywhere. In France, for example, that goes down the problem of privacy, intruding with people. I mean, can you impose to an employee to do a test while this employee is not driving a truck or a dangerous machine? That's all the kind of questions that are in the background, and we understand very well your point. Thank you very much, Simon, for that. Now, final question, uh, guys. Takeaway, conclusion. What would you say to our listeners today, particularly to employers? What should they be doing right now, do you think, to stay compliant or get prepared for any anticipated regulation next year. Elrid, we start with you and uh, Norway. Thank you. So yes, I would say that the most important thing maybe is to update your standard employment agreements for new employees. And also if you're in a group of companies where they're preparing for workforce reductions to remember that there are several new obligations on the employers that you have to be aware of. Also, if you're drafting a contract with an independent contractor, it's important that you are aware that there's a higher burden of proof in those matters going forward. Three tips. I asked for one, the three, that's great. Thank you. Camilla, for, uh, on your side, for Denmark. I think one of the most important aspects for an employer to focus on right now is preparation for the new rules on working time regulation, which we talked about earlier. Employers could already now begin examining how to implement a working time registration system if they do not already have it in place. And as a second focus area, we do see a lot of increased focus on AI, artificial intelligence, in employment and labor law context. And we do expect that employers will increasingly implement policies governing their employees' use of AI, such as ChatGBT. I think that with the increased focus on AI, Employers will need to consider how to maintain their professional standard and how to avoid any leak of confidential information as the employees use this tool more and more during their workday. So I think this will definitely be a focus area in 2024 as well. No surprise, Kimi, that you were talking about AI because we have not talked about that yet, so it makes sense. Thank you for that. Finland, Sana, what would you be your uh, tips? You would give maybe one single one, maybe two, a few words. Well, as I mentioned earlier, we expect the government's labor market reform to 
result in many employment law changes. The exact content of these proposed changes is not yet known, but once the government bills and the actual new laws are introduced, it's very important to review them and for employers to make any updates that are deep needed to their template documents and to their internal policies. So that's my recommendation to, to stay alert and to follow on the legislative process. Crystal clear. Thank you very much. And Simon, you will have the last words today. Your tips, your uh, takeaway, your conclusion for uh, for your own jurisdiction for Sweden. Yes, I've got two tips for Sweden. Number one, watch emerging case law from the Supreme Labor Court. It will give us clarity in what instances we are allowed to terminate for misconduct. And the second one, review your anti-drugs policies to see where you stand if the government would introduce a requirement to implement drug tests on a larger scale. Thank you very much, Simon. And thanks to you all for sharing your time today and giving us all those tips and predictions and also observations you are making on the ground in each of the four countries and jurisdictions we are covering today, Denmark, Finland, Sweden, and Norway. So thanks a lot. And it's been a very interesting discussion, very helpful for employers, I'm sure, in the Nordic area. Thank you very much to you, listeners, for tuning in today. If you would like to connect with Sana, Camilla, Simon, or Eldred, please click on their bios in the description of this podcast. We also encourage you to reach out to any of our lawyers around the world by selecting Find a Lawyer on the ELA website at ela.org law, that's L-A-W, or download our app by searching Employment Law Alliance in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. Additionally, check out training ELA.law to access our training portal featuring online harassment prevention programs and much more. Information about the programs available in the Year in Review series and all the resources are available on the event landing page at ELA.law. You've been listening to the Employment Law Year in Review Regional Roundtable, a series brought to you by the Employment Law Alliance, the world's largest network of labor and employment lawyers from the best law firms around the globe. I'm Philippe Durand. Thanks for listening.